0: I think agents should be really, really confident. I think they should be, but not complacent. Uh, I, you know, I think I think they should they, they 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 should be confident, but they should also be confident in delivering whatever message needs to be delivered to the consumer to get their property sold. If the consumer doesn't get that, if the homeowner doesn't get or understand that message, then 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 losing an instruction that's wrong is not a problem. But of course, we have come out of a market where a lot of people have been conditioned so that they don't have to do anything to make good money. And, and all of a sudden, the conditions have changed. But, but you can't rely on that. So you are grow your share of the movers and the renters, uh, the landlords, or you have to charge more for the privilege. My personal view would be to try a bit of both.
1: Welcome back to week six of the UK Property Stat Show And today I'm joined by, it doesn't come much bigger than this in terms of the property game. I'm joined by the man himself, Mr. Ian White. Thanks for joining me today, Ian. My pleasure, Chris, thank you for asking me along. No worries, mate, no worries. Just for anyone that's been living in a a cave or under a rock, Ian used to be a big director at Romans and now he's set up his own business in the last few years, guiding and supporting some pretty big names in the industry. He's a bit of a mover and a shaker um he basically is Mr State Agency thanks for joining me today Ian um what I want to do is uh talk about the property market so for anyone who's never uh been on one of these shows what we do is we talk about the property market what's happening um and we might as well just dive straight in for some absolutely gorgeous stats how do you like the sound of that my friend yeah, I
0: mean I'm in for the data come on show me you are known as Stato in the industry so come on do do your worst.
1: right and here we go. So we'll just pull this up and we'll go start off with uh, the first one there we go and you can see by this slide here that the that this is the number of listings. so we're talking week six. Week six in terms of this year was Monday the 6th of uh, February. Through to Sunday the 12th, okay? And then we've compared week six with all the other years. So once you look at that, let's have your thoughts on this. Oh well, my thoughts are obviously after the chaos
0: uh that was caused by various events, we're sort of returning to somewhere near normal levels. Um uh I I, I don't know, but my sense is that slightly changes from region to region in terms of uh volumes, but my clients typically are seeing more instructions come to the market and certainly being asked out to do more valuations.
1: good stuff well i mean what we're going to do is we're going to actually compare what's happening um locally uh, in the regions later on so we start with the yeah. national figures we then move on to the regionals and then we pick a town at random a town which is close to your heart, Ian, because it's just on your doorstep. So let's kick off and and let's look at the next set of stats, which is the number of new instructions. So this week, we are on 32,557. The rolling rolling figure in terms of the last four weeks is 30,000. And interestingly, this number has been growing since the new year. So in the first week, we're at 16,900. 25,000, 32, 32, 32, and now 33. Listings are growing. Is this a good sign?
0: Uh, look, the, 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 yes, the answer is, has to be yes. Uh, I, I, it's a good sign from the point of view that it means more sales. I mean, it, it's very, very unlikely that more listings will mean less sales. Uh, you know, simple as that, really. I mean, the estate agent's problem is nearly always solved by more listings. Uh, the market is now being benevolent and producing more listings. There is a tide of a certain type of person wanting to list. So, um, yeah, if you've got the
1: listings, you've got a chance of getting the fee. If you haven't got the listings, you've got a problem. This is right. I mean, in terms of moving on to the average price, one of the things which we have, which we're going to delve into when we get to the sales, is The average listing price. Now, the average listing price this week is 417,000. Last week it was 424, the week before 409. But these are pretty high numbers compared to what's actually selling. Um, Is that more bigger houses coming on the market? Because it can't just be down to overvaluing, because overvaluing has been around since you were a boy and had some hair.
0: Hey! Are you saying that I did overvalue? (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I've still, I've still got hair, but just it's a thinner a little bit. Um, yes, yeah, so I think it is. I think it is a sign that family homes are coming to the market because I think the people that are being, uh, you know, now being urgent about wanting to sell are the people that are feeling the squeeze on the cost of living in big houses. You know, maybe older people where the family have left, left the zone and left the nest. Um, you know, and they're just rattling around in a big old house and, and other factors are pushing the family budget. And they're saying, right, well, let's get rid of the big asset. Let's move down market. Probably a move they would have undertaken a few years ago or in a few years' time. Just the circumstances and the perfect storm have come together for it now. So I don't. this is definitely not an indication of rising house prices. This is an indication of people with slightly bigger properties coming to the market
1: in bigger numbers than before. But interestingly, we're going to have a look at what's actually selling. There is a slight mismatch of what's actually selling versus what's coming on the market. Yeah, yeah this trend. Now, this is, I tell you what, Ian, I tell you, you are so honoured, you are honoured. This is the first time, this is, because we get, I get feed, I get feedback and someone said, could you give us the accumulative figures? So these are the total number of listings each year since 2017.
0: So you've added up the whole of the six weeks? Yes. Right, okay. So, so apart, from, uh, apart from 2019, we're, we're, we've we got the biggest year on our hands right 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 in front of us. In, absolutely.
1: So, um, And again, we're going to have a look at the number of sales accumulatively, both net and gross. Yep. But there's no complaint here. There's got to be this stock. You need to be taking your share of the stock here, don't you? What tips would you give to estate agents to get more stock at the moment? Uh, I think my first tip would be to make sure you get the right stock.
0: Um, So, you know, if a client has unrealistic expectations, either jettison it from your inventory or don't allow it into your inventory, which is slightly uh perverse in terms of sort of gaining stock um you know be firm in your beliefs but, but but ultimately in terms of getting stock you need to be visible i think i think in times of slight uncertainty people are more likely to turn to brands they know and, or feel they trust and those brands will typically be the ones that are visible whether that be social media whether it be board presence whether it be at at, at, uh, at local events um be visible, be present, be the voice of, of reason, be the expert in the room. I
1: mean, it's it's the same old stuff, mate, but why don't you think estate agents adopt these basic principles that we all know work?
0: Um I think I think more and more are adopting the principles, but they're doing it in a very benign way. So it's almost like a uh, an exercise in filling in a dot. That's a Romans term, by the way, for those that Romans that are watching, but it's like Ticking a box to say I've done it, um, doing it with intent to connect with your audience is very different from doing it to say I've done the job. Uh, being enthusiastic on your video post, you know, uh, writing that, you know, taking time to make sure the content of your of your letters and your and your marketing material and your billboard posters and your blogs is is right is is where it where where it's at. Um, but of course, we have come out of a market where a lot of people have been conditioned so that they don't have to do anything to make good money. And, and all of a sudden, the conditions have changed. Um, and that's causing a bit of... Con- I mean, we're seeing... I don't know whether you've got the stats here. You probably haven't by agent. But we know that the gap between a certain number of agents at the top and everybody else is massively growing. So this 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 up, this upshift in listings is not being equally distributed across the UK estate
1: agents you reckon it's the bigger boys that are taking this? And when you say the Uh, bigger... Not
0: bigger, not bigger. I mean, uh, the size of the agency is largely irrelevant. Um, Some will be big, some will be small. But the people doing the right things, the better estate agents, the ones that are connecting with their audience, constantly showing their expertise, doing the right things, behaving in the right ways, recruiting the right people, having the right training, they are taking a bigger and bigger and ever, ever increasing slice of the estate agency commission pie. At the expense of the others.
1: Yeah. Price changes. So we've got some price changes here. Price changes are presently on 17,894. This has been steadily growing uh f- from week one at 13, 16, 16, 16, 17, and and 17. Um these are some big numbers. Let me just pull up the amount, the number of properties available for sale at the moment, whilst you talk about this, so we can compare what the level of stocks are.
0: Well, look, I don't think it's any surprise that the number of reductions uh, is, is going to be growing. I would expect that to continue to climb a little bit. You've got the old stock that, that maybe came onto the market under previous conditions that needs to be addressed and either removed from the market. Uh, or the vendor understanding that letting it might be a better option than selling it or reducing it to today's market value. Um, so that's pretty common. And I think the estate agents are still getting used to delivering a message that might not be quite the same price that they would have done a few months ago, and therefore they're bringing stock on at the incorrect price. And therefore, understandably, at some point, the vendor and or the estate agent, of those that definitely want to sell, reach the conclusion that they need to change the price point to... Um, uh to, to to attract buyers um so I, th- I think this will continue to grow and then flatten off as, as the new norm becomes the new
1: norm That i.e the old prices become a distant memory uh well we've got still- we're, okay so the satellites have now come back Ian, and we've got the stats in uh and um <laughs> <laughs> now interestingly um um, whilst I've only been manually being able to do this, I've got the I've been able to secure the number of available properties and the number of properties sold to to contract in in estate agents' pipeline going back to two thousand and seventeen. Now mm-hmm. I've only just got that in the raw data, so it's going to have to be sorted out and put into the graphs. But I've um, uh, for for future reference. But um, at the moment, there are four hundred and seventy five thousand properties for sale. Um, in the UK, and 67,598 of them were reduced in the last month, which is 14.2%. So that's just under one in five. One in five properties are reducing their price. No, not one in five. Do apologise. Mix, mixing mix, mixing up, you know. Um, one in seven. Sorry, I mix, mixed my... So one in seven properties reduced in the last month think that's enough?
0: Um, well, sales numbers will tell us because if we've got more instructions available for sale and the sales numbers are below, then the answer is no. Uh, if the sales numbers are uh, cooking along at a reasonable old rate, the answer is probably yes. I don't think it's about the number of reductions either. I think it's about the amount of properties reduced by, because um, I don't know whether your stats take into consideration somebody that might have reduced twice or three times in the period. I, I don't know how it works. Um, it's it, whenever, it,
1: tri- whenever it triggers so if you reduce twice it will count twice i don't think yeah, many people 30. reduce in the same month though do they um let's look who their agent is it depends who their agent is yes um i've seen yeah. some absolute shockers over the year um so number of price reductions this month were, this week was 16 9 16, one, 16 start again sixteen thousand nine hundred compared to the rolling four week of sixteen thousand four hundred forty. Um, interestingly, the average price of property coming down. So this is the asking price of the properties that are being reduced, and the ask, actually asking, asking price is three nine six. And this has been pretty. Sta- this is it from other years, but it's been pretty static throughout the last of uh, Um I, I, Again, I think um, not much to say on that one. Before we move on and look at uh, sales. I'm not so sure I understand it really. So, uh
0: I would have expected the average price of the property being reduced to be going up on the grounds that the average price of the property for sale is higher at the starting point. If that if that makes uh, okay. logical sense, but um but- so it could be that they're taking on higher value stock but reducing the smaller stock which seems a wrong Okay, so, me.
1: so this is this is sixteen to this this particular graph is sixteen to twenty three, and this is the average asking price of the properties that were reduced in week six. Okay, yeah,
0: I, um, it's, it's too. What, it's, I think it's too shallow a window to have any meaning. I think you'd need an accumulative number to okay. really give. Again, we could take well.
1: feedback and do average quarters. Let's move on and talk about sale agreed. So uh, these are gross sales, Ian, and we've got twenty two thousand. 363 this is the number of average sales that have taken place on week six we are going to come on to talk at the accumulative figures in a second uh for gross sales so you would expect 21 and 22 to be higher wouldn't you although isn't 20 i mean week six COVID had not hit in that was the boris effect wasn't it
0: uh, I think that was all sorts of things going on. But I think, I think the issue is, is that you need to wipe out 2021 20, and 22 as being your barometer. They, they, they're not a fair and reasonable indication on the marketplace. The only worrying thing from uh, that particular graph to look at it from my perspective is is that the blue line at the end is, is at the moment in a trend down. The question is, is, at what point does it get arrested and go back up? Because if volumes of instructions are picking up, and reductions continue at a pace that that curve will turn very quickly back
1: up but again remember with we are talking standalone weeks here from yes. standalone week six in yeah. 23 versus 22 we're going to yeah. come and talk about the cumulative figures in a second Um yeah. number of property oh sorry hold on hold on there we go hold on Messed of that Number of properties sold versus running four week average. We don't spend, spend, tend to spend too long on this one, just nice to see a short term range. Now, this is interesting. This is the average asking price of the sale agreed. So in for the ones that sold in week six in 23, the average asking price of the ones that were sold was 347. In 22, it was 348 of, of week six. Now, my my issue here is this. The average asking price of the property selling, 347, and that number has hardly changed since Jan 1. See the, the the average property that has sold since Jan 1, the average asking price has been 345,050 pound.
0: Yeah, I think that's fairly, fairly logically explained by the fact that the big bigger properties are coming on the marketplace and they are propping up the real fall in house prices from a statistical perspective so there is no doubt that house prices have dropped back a little bit not not anything like what the doom mongers say not anything like what the press might have you believe or certain commentators. we've probably seen i don't know in most regions i would hazard a guess maybe three four five percent drop off in house prices but if you then have got a consistent flow of higher value properties coming onto the market the 5% drop is offset by the increase in the average price being in the marketplace. So um, I think that's a fairly natural phenomenon, and, and, and uh, it is Good. what it is. Um,
1: but again, just a big tip for you boys and girls out there in estate agency land, there is the average asking price of the ones that are coming on the market is 417,000. So there's a 20% difference this week Twenty point two one percent, but this is weird because we're going to look at the we're going look at the regional figures. The numbers this is primarily driven by London outside London it it's London is a different
0: yeah, I think you have to take London out of the overall national stats to give a real indication because it's a very unique place, London. It's driven by exchange rates. it's driven by lots of other things that don't really affect the UK as a whole. Because it's not reliant on overseas buyers using the pound as a vehicle to value for money or not. So um, I, I, I probably would, would ignore any London stats unless I was a London agent and it was directly affecting me Indeed. Uh, if I was outside of London. And if I was inside of London, I would ignore the national stats and use London stats only.
1: Well, we're going to have a look at those in a little bit. These are the cumulative gross sales year to date. So from Jan, so from January the first or whatever the week started, for the first six weeks in 2023, we had 112,000 properties sell. Which, when you compare it to uh, 17, 18, and 19, very similar at 113, 114, 118. But again, like you said, 21 and 22 was stupid year, was silly years. And I think there's a lot of agents that are comparing themselves against the last two years when in reality you should be going back to your CRM and looking at your late teens figures. Is that a fair comment?
0: Uh, yes, but if you want to get your personal performance to the level you've become used to because of the boom years of, of the COVID market, um, then you have to devise a way of either charging more or taking a bigger percentage of the market that is there. Um, I don't think you should be prepared to go back to 2017 numbers, but I think you should be prepared to look at 2021 and say, that's just not the norm. It's not a realistic barometer. Um, but uh, I, we asked, I, I don't know, but it'd be really interesting as you continue with this stat series. I think the gap between the COVID years and this year will start to shrink. Others are commentating that it will increase. I genuinely believe if listings are coming into the market, one assumes they're from people that are genuinely keen to sell. A majority of those will find their price point, and they will end up in transactions. Um, so for me, if the volume of listings coming onto the market is increasing, um, I think the volume of sales will increase. I think there's also, a, you know, an increase in the volume of properties that are being sold off-market. I don't know what stati- I don't know whether they're statistically meaningful yet, but there is a lot of stuff being done. Uh, By agents using creativity to create deals, so it's it's it, it's going to be an interesting time. But it's for you guys in estate agency land. If the number of 2023 stays consistently behind the previous three or four years, earn less, or charge more, or take a bigger piece of the cake.
1: It's so simple yet yeah, so effective. Sales fallen through. Well, let's move on to this one. Sales fallen through is presently standing at four nine nine. It's been hovering for the last month. Um, at around the five five thousand and fifty mark, so pretty steady compared to different weeks going throughout. That looks like they're going down, but again, in twenty one and twenty two, there were more sales, which means there were more fall throughs. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a, as a percentage of the overall pipeline, I don't know what that actually means. You might have that. You might have those stats, but um,
1: they're okay. starting
0: to ease off now. The tree the, the was shaken when the we moved from the old mortgage market to the new mortgage market. The tree was shaken when you had deals that were reliant on old mortgage offers that could no longer be fulfilled. And of course, it made a huge difference to the ability to actually fund the purchase and pay the monthly payments. That tree largely, I think, has been shaken. Um, and now I think it's about new deals coming together with the new mortgage situation, with the new rates at the new pricing. And and of course, they will they'll, we'll still have an abortive rate because, of course we will uh but i don't think it'll be any anything out of the ordinary um unless something ridiculous happens between now and the end of the year
1: no we we saw an uplift in in sale fall throughs when uh we had the liz thing which yeah. um and they've been slightly higher in terms of percentages we're going to come on and talk about the the fall through rates in a, in a second in terms of the percentages uh, they are slightly infl- slightly enlarged but just minor amounts <laughs> nothing nothing silly um, these are the net sales so that's gross sales less fall throughs again standalone for standalone for the, for the week which you know we're on 17,000. we we've got we've had some amazing 20 21 and 22 but if you look at the other years very similar uh, of 18s and 19s um, I particularly like this graph Ian uh, which is the cumulative number of net sales by the end of week six, and we're on eighty-two thousand. When you look at the other years, we are slightly behind on this. So this is net sales. T- I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there is no doubt that we are
0: slightly behind. I think the year started slower, but it it, it feels to me from the communications on the ground floor that that is now gathering pace. Um. But again, I think you'll find that that 82,556, whether it's a small number or not, um, is not being divided in the same equal measure that it was back in 2017. I think there are agents taking a much bigger share of that 82,000 and feeling quite quite chuffed with themselves. And you've got people taking a smaller share and are really in bother. They're really in trouble.
1: You're, you're absolutely right, Ian, with regard to your first point. Um, in week one, when we, if we're taking 20, 20, 21, and 22 out of the equation, um, in week one, the, the number of net sales was very similar, 23 to 17 to 19. But then what happened is in weeks three and week four, um, in 17 to 19, the number of average sales was kicking on to the very late teens. Whilst in, the, in 23, we've been looking at around more like the mid-teens. But you're absolutely right, for the last two weeks, 23 has big isn't if you look at them as standalone weeks has caught up with 17 18 and 19 but obviously it was you know it's still you know ten thousand below because we had because those month those weeks of two three and four in in the teens were better months so that might level itself out but again i think it's just an important thing and again boys and girls if you think of, of any graphs or uh, if we've got the stats, we'll put them out there. This was a suggestion that was put out on Property Industry Eye. And, again, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone in Property Industry Eye for, for put, showing this show. Uh, we know we get a lot of feedback from it, and uh, we do appreciate your your good and constructive comments. Um, gross sales as a percentage of listings. I, 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 again, we're, we're sitting on 66. Again, this is, this is a Lee Wainwright graph. He liked this graph. Um in terms of how that compares to um, we've been hovering around the the late early fifties to early sixties. So we've been, the the number of gross sales as a percentage of listings has actually been rising. That's not bad when you consider that listings are rising as well, but we did say that. I don't know if this is a graph. I don't know if this is a metric you like Ian.
0: I like the fact that it gives you a good indication, but I also think it shows agents the opportunity because the difference between 66.86% and even getting it to 70 will solve all the problems. We just need to communicate with our owners what they need to do to be in the, in the percentage that sells rather than the percentage that doesn't. Um, maybe stop bidding for instructions. So there's, we've got loads of opportunity because we're not selling 100% of what we list anyway. So there's massive opportunity there. But uh, what it does show is that, you know, it's just another stat that really indicates we're just moving to normality, not
1: problem right let's now move on to fall throughs now we haven't got the running total of fall throughs yet because i haven't had the time to upload them because it is quite a manually job but we do have these standalone cells so this is so in, tw- in last week 22.35 percent of sales uh fall throughs as a percentage of sales so that's not that 22 percent of properties fell through that's the number of fall throughs divided by the number of sales Raw, pretty raw figures, but I think it's a nice indication. But again, notice how that's been growing over the years. Um, percentage of sales that actually fell through. Well, again, the rolling four-week average, so that it's coming down a bit on that. Again, just jump in when you see anything you like, isn't, isn't
0: it? I mean, it's just too high, though, Chris. It's too, as an industry, we're overseeing a one-in-four failure. Um, this is bad deals being put together, the wrong buyer being chosen, the due diligence not being done not looking at products that can tie in buyers to sellers reservation fees gazelle, that type of thing maybe auction opportunities this is the industry's this is the industry's problem to solve consumers not going to solve it legislation could help but in reality we failed one in four times after we've done all the hard work and it has to be because we're choosing the wrong buyer for the wrong reasons and not doing our due diligence
1: and they're not, you know, the valuers are not getting the forms filled in on listing. We're not instructing solicitors before uh, until the sale is agreed. We're getting the forms filled in with the wrong names. We're, we're going to factory conveyances. There's nothing wrong with factory conveyances, but but again, everything is methodical and a day here and a day there. And all of a sudden, that's why our average time is, you know, in the early 20 weeks. But, I mean, there, there are sales progressors out there like ASAP. And again, this is not an advert for them, but Richard Megson's are both a friend of ours. Ian, who, who whose average sale t- uh, is twelve weeks.
0: Well, his fall through is you know a half this. So, so uh, the business argument not to look at that type of platform is 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 uh, well, there is no business argument. The business argument is you should at least have a look at it. I would say it's negligent not to. But the whole is it's, it, uh, Stephen Brown. You know he's got a lovely term about marginal gains. There's lots of little things we can do to bring that number down. One of them is not to market properties that are inappropriate. Within appropriate needs if a client's not serious and and, you know the industry needs to solve this problem because because it's a lot of time effort and energy and it's very very depressing for a member of staff when their deal falls through it 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 causes all sorts of angst mental health issues and everything else so we have to solve it um and we can solve it we can that's that, that that's the real shame of it for me we don't have to make the market bigger if we reduce the fall through rate uh the end result, in terms of the pound notes floating around in 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 the industry, goes significantly up. Um, the same as
1: reducing the transaction time. Of course, it's to say the same. The, the two are intrinsically linked. Okay, boys and girls. Now we have this. We're now going on to look some stats. Not going to spend too long on this, but those of you who are data geeks uh, might like this. So these are the average numbers, and we've done some conditional formatting on the spreadsheet, which means green is good and red is bad. Um, and you can generally see as the week has been, as the weeks have been going up from left to right, things have been getting better nationally. Of they, yeah, they
0: have because because we've washed out the old clients with old expectations. We've been able to communicate with those that are being able to move expectations. We've got rid of the ones that these expectations can't change. We're bringing in new sellers under new environments and we're also seeing a reduction in the cost of actual borrowing forget the interest rate the cost of borrowing is starting to change positively so all of those things slightly reduced house prices brings buyers into play interest rates on the actual fixed rate money coming down that brings buyers back into play the collapse that caused the red in the first place that was predicted and and affected public opinion has not happened so the public are now seeing the truth and the reality so they're reacting and responding
1: let's now move on and look at some regions and we start off with inner london so inner london is classed as the n postcode nw postcode se postcode sw postcode west postcode and the e postcodes and the the two the central ones okay um and you can quite clearly see here now this is this is the bit that's a little bit scary is is you can see on this line here, a London new instruction price. the The average for this Ian in inner London on the last um, on the last six weeks has been nine hundred and sixty five thousand. Whilst the stuff that's actually selling in inner in London, the ash the uh, average is seven hundred ninety eight, which is a difference of. Now we to have to take the averages of those. Um, it's not going to be exactly right, but it's nearly twenty-one percent.
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure that I I see the issue there, other than the fact that either look, I mean, London's a very unusual market because you've got a very large portion of it that none of this matters to them. They are so wealthy that it that they live in a very very different okay. set of rules and and credit crunch and interest rates. Okay, but that's
1: pri- that's prime London, Ian. You know, yeah. tell, telling Barbara in Hendon in NW four. She she ain't, you know, that, that still classes in her London.
0: Yeah, but but you're still you're still talking about people that have extreme equity, probably, depending on how long they've been in this this part of the world. They've experienced great big jumps in house prices. They are they are affected by the pebble in the pond of the prime central London pebble. They're much closer to the ripple of that. But the reason their prices are really high is because they're close to prime central London, which is Uber prices. And as that market does its thing the, the effect the nuclear effect in and around you know and i operate in some of these areas with clients it, it, it's um but the difference I'm, I'm trying to calculate why or in my head trying to understand if the listed price is one and the sale price is the other this isn't people reducing their prices by this amount of money
1: no so that so the, this is the app so if you look on this second line here in a london new instruction that is the average asking price of all the new instructions coming on that week yeah, and then in a London sold a bit of the contract, so the eight four two figure, and obviously it changes as you go. That is the asking price of the property when it went sale agreed. We obviously don't know what it's sold for, but we can we can, but at least we know what the asking price was when it went sold.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, it, it, you are going to see reductions in prices. The areas that see the biggest saw the biggest rises will see the biggest reductions in the main. Certainly, out in outside of the M25, but I, you know, it, it, it's a complete, it's it's such an eclectic mix, London. It's got, you know, it's very ethnically diverse. It's got very, very diverse. Uh, you know, from one end of the spectrum, you've got very, very wealthy people, even in outer London. And, and and at the other end of the spectrum, you've got extreme poverty. There, there is such extremes within the London market place. Well,
1: interestingly, when we actually go and look at Bracknell, which is going to be what, what we look yeah. at, we can actually drill down to postcode district level and see what's selling and what's good. We see what's selling and what's coming on the market. So again, we've got the facility now. Yeah. So you're aware all these stats are provided by 20EA. They have not paid me to, to uh, do these these stats but it's the source where I get the information from. You can get your own information for your own town using their insights platform. Do not mention my name because I'm not paid to, to mention it. I just, the deal is they give me the, the stats and I share them with you. Um, let's move on and talk about outer London. Now look at the difference. Look at the, again, if we're talking about the difference between listings and sales, that black line at the bottom in that's central London, hold on, where we, where we go, inner London. Where the gap is twenty percent, and then you go and look at outer London, which is anything over, which is so any, but you know, so you've got the IG postcodes, you've got the Croydon postcodes, so stuff that's still within the M25 and a little bit outside M25, um, and and again, this this market, I mean, look, the, the outer London market is it's like a, it's it's a brilliant market at the moment.
0: Yeah, uh, well, because it's a desirable area, you got you got you got work and you a, a little bit of values returned to the marketplace. Uh, people who previously couldn't afford it are now seeing that the gap between theirs and this has
1: shrunk a little bit. So, okay, um, hardly surprising. Right. So let's let's just whiz through the th- through the graphs. Uh, And anyone watching this on YouTube, you can pause it and you can. The brilliant thing here is, is you can see what's happening in your region, see what's happening to percentages and then apply it to you and your town. So let's now go to the southeast and the southwest. Remember, green is good, red is bad. And, you know, let's have a look the number of sales in the southeast is is building up the number of sales in the southwest is building up the number of instructions is building up you know these are this is good stuff and and again let's look at the the percentages of difference between listing and sale price which is a, a number of which is very close to my heart these th- there isn't that much gap that's why as i said take london out in london out and things are flying at the moment yeah, they're pretty uh, flying is probably not
0: the description that I would I would give. I mean okay. they are po- they are positive and they are starting to gain momentum which suggests that flying is only around the corner.
1: Okay, uh, that's a, probably I was a little bit I don't want to get shot by Charlie Landing, bless him Lumtivitz. <laughs> they're, not fly- they're not flying. They're 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 not flying, they that they are they're doing okay. Should we agree on that? OK,
0: I, I think they're doing significantly better than the doom glumbers would want us to believe. I think that the numbers are starting to move in a direction where optimism is replacing uh, fear, uh, both with the buyers and the estate agency profession. And I think I think I think we've got a lot of reasons to be confident these numbers will continue to show more green as um, we go weeks and months.
1: OK, so there's your Wales and US Midlands for all you Welsh and black country people. Yorkshire and Humber, um, again, four throughs, little, a bit of an uplift lift there on sale, fall throughs there on this, on this number here, but everything else seems to be going in the right direction with Yorkshire, Scotland, again, Scotland, law to itself, and again, the way they, Scotland does tend to skew the figures slightly, uh, they're doing okay. Um, let's go look at the Northeast, the Northwest, the, the Northern powerhouse, as they say. Interestingly, the the gap between. The listing price and the sale price has got a little bit bigger this week, um, but again, not massive numbers. But again, look look how the uh, new listing price has been going up slightly in the northeast, but the number, the, the sale price has actually been going down. Interesting there. So keep an eye on that one, uh, my northeast uh, estate agency friends. And northwest, again, doing quite well on that one. But again, keep an eye on your, what's actually selling. Uh, again, Ian, you just jump in at any time. East Midlands, obviously centre of the universe, is Grantham, as we all know, the G-Town, the Tham, and again, very, very good here, east of England as well, where Andy Overman is, bless you, the king of East Anglia, and again, just basically all good stuff there. Any comments before we move on and look at Bracknell?
0: I think the only comment that might be starting to be developed, and I've started to hear in, in, in certain circles, is that possibly slightly better off areas are faring slightly better than very, very uh, impoverished areas. So I think you're seeing more green where there is a probably a higher income per capita in, in, in a specific demographic versus those where there's a very low or, or even, uh, you know, very difficult uh, circumstances. So I think we are seeing a bit of that. But in general terms, take London out of the equation, possibly take Scotland out of the equation. We are seeing the green shoots of a market that is perfectly workable perfectly pliable and very very positive
1: just make sure you list them right vendor contact to vendor management once a month by flow saying how are you doing ain't good enough is it anymore you've got you've i find it strange why aren't valuers very good at vendor management ian i mean obviously not in your firms obviously but uh some of them are some of them aren't
0: um well, I think partly because they haven't had to do it for three years because the, the relationship was so short that it was sort of listed, sold, gone. Um, the, the real problem was the self-aggression piece. That's where the relationship was 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 trying to get the bloody thing through, and that, that lasted forever. Um, uh, I think naturally it's two different skill sets, isn't it? One requires you know that fast, confident approach, and the other one is more detailed and analytical. And it's very rare that you get the uh, the, the, the 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 two the two, the two in tune. H- however. Customer care or vendor care, whatever you want to call it, isn't, hi, how are you doing? It's an assessment of what needs to happen to move the property to soul. Uh And that might need some tough love. It might need some difficult conversations. It might need some evidence. It might need face-to-face. It might need some gentle persuasion. So, you know, if people think that vendor care is just about keeping people happy so they don't disinstruct you, that's just wrong. Um, of course, you've got to have the right bedside manner. Of course, you've got to have the customer Uh, at the center of your journey and the center of your focus and the center of your positioning, but keeping a vendor at the wrong price through fear of offending them is about the worst customer service model you could ever have.
1: Absolutely spot on. Right. Should we go to Bracknell?
0: Yeah, go on. Let's go. It's next
1: to me. (laughs) Right then. Okay. So we are now on the 20EA Insights platform um, and we're going to start um, going through this. Um, so let us go and have a look at um, Bracknell, which is RG12. So we'll just have to wait for it to be kicked in, and we'll pull this in. I'm going to have a look. Let's go RG. Wa-da-da-da. And it is there. We go RG12 and 42. So. Romans are in, right, so if you look in the top left-hand corner, new instructions. So let's just see what's been happening to Romans and their market share. Pretty stable, around 20%, aren't they?
0: Uh, of listings, yes. Um... Yeah.
1: Okay, let's go and have a look at Sears. Wow. They've been dropping. I wonder why that is. But anyway, we're not here to comment. Uh, sorry, we're not, well you can jump in if you want. Um, there's prospect, but amazing how they bump up and down between ten and twenty percent. There, I know. That, you uh,
0: know maybe it's a bit of uh, manipulation of portal juggling. But I don't know, but so uh, that, that that seems too jagged to me. It doesn't seem a correct statistic.
1: Okay. Uh, click on Duncan Yardley. Know them Duncan. well. Sorry, Great yep. business, Chancellors can't keep
0: their staff that's that'll give you some indication of what's going on there sorry for anyone in chancellors that's hearing this but it's the truth
1: avocado
0: a different model it's a self-employed
1: model so one or two listings make a huge difference it's not a fair graph to judge them by that but again i mean remember these are not look at the numbers down the left hand side three or four percent David Cliff, you know, it's much smaller. So- David Cliff isn't it? David
0: Cliff's not even in Bracknell. So it's a, it's a. So, 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 so the top four are the guys that are, are doing it. But it's, this is a
1: blistic. This is a ballistic though, isn't it? This is a listings And what I do find interesting is this: look at this massive gap here. I mean, this is very. I've not don't see this this often where you have, you know, the top three or four, and then there is like a chasm between the next the next market share. Uh, obviously, well, a really them. interesting step. The
0: really interesting stat there is, is that the top three have got multiple offices and the fourth one has only got one. Covering Bracknell? Yeah, Robins have got Warfield and Bracknell. Sears have got a Gennett's Park and Bracknell. Gennett's Park being a part of Bracknell. Prospects have got Warfield and Bracknell. So there's 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 two, two offices covering the same patch. So the, by far the most prolific agent in Bracknell is Duncan Yardley.
1: Because the its costs so much lower. Because obviously, if you've got two offices, you need two right moves and two this and two that and two lots just
0: of stuff. I, I would guarantee that the headcount per income is is far better in that business than it is in the others. I also think if you do sales, it it, it, it probably closes up a little bit.
1: Okay, here's the sales. Yes, so, see, okay. so
0: they've gone. they gone from twelve percent of the listings to fifteen percent of the sales.
1: So we'll just we'll just flick back between the two. So Duncan, 12% as you say, on sales and then 15% on sold. Then at Sears, 17% on sell on sale, and 15% on new instructions. Prospect, 14% on new instructions, and 18% on sales. Interesting, interesting. Are you ready to move now? Again, what what is quite nice here we, again we're not going to bore the national people to death here but you can actually see what you can see which agent and what price range they go for
0: uh, in I, terms- I think bracknell is pretty a good barometer for the uk i mean okay it's in the southeast so but but it is a pretty wide town it's got you know extremes at both ends of the property sector it's got ascot on one side it's a very good barometer when 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 i was at Romans, we used to look at bracknell's numbers as a really good barometer for the market because it was just Okay, it was in the centre of our world, but but it was also pretty much a quintessential town that was nearly a city. But you know, they are seeing, in general terms, more properties coming up for sale in the RG postcodes, and they're seeing a slow but
1: definite return to sales volumes. Um, Okay, okay, they've had to adjust prices to get there. Okay, so this is the this graph here shows you the average stock in each month. So the red is twenty three. The dark blue is 22 and the uh, bluey colour, um, turquoisey uh, teal colour is um, 21. And you can quite clearly see that there was a reduction in January. So January 21, 930 properties available for sale. And then that actually dropped down in Bracknell to 539. But now we're back up to 790. So you can see that there is an uplift in the number of stock in brecknell compared to and as you can see here it's been growing since the summer of of 20 last year because that blue line has been moving up um right keep talking whilst i go and move on and look at um some other great stuff that we can actually look now this is where we're going to get start getting into the really meaty stuff here um and talk about um um so hold on a second there we go so just talk just keep filling here while i uh... you want me to keep
0: filling you want me to be keep talking about the market i mean I, I i think agents should be really really confident i think they should be but not complacent uh i you know i think i think they should they, they 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 should be confident but they should also be confident in delivering whatever message needs to be delivered to the consumer to get their property sold if the consumer doesn't get that if the homeowner doesn't get or understand that message then then, then, losing an instruction that's wrong is not a problem. Um, it really isn't a problem. But if you mute and you do nothing and you just allow your stock to bumble along, some of it selling, some of it not selling, I think you're probably in for a tough
1: old time. Right, we're back again and now we've got, now this is a particularly favorite graph of mine and this shows you how, how well and how efficient an estate agent is, okay? so what we have done what they've done is this is a rolling 12 month so basically from today looking back for the last 12 months okay and this 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 is a bit of a geeky graph uh, chart but i'm going to explain it for you Ian, and everyone that's watching in terms of what's happening so in the last 12 months romans have put on 455 properties and sold of it the contract 314 those now those are se- obviously separate properties because some of those would have been sold just as the year came in or whatever. Yeah. Basically, the, this, this is the so you've got the number of new instructions here. So in in Bracknell in these two postcodes, two thousand four hundred and twenty-six, and these are, this is the market share of the sold so of the contracts. Okay, but this is where the magic happens. Okay, I want you to look at exchanged and withdrawn. These this is where this is the true magic. Okay. Forget what's come on the market in the last twelve months. What what all have happened is, if you think about the sales, you've got the stuff coming at the top, and you've got the stuff coming in and out at the bottom. If it comes out the bottom, it's either exchanged or it's it, or it's it's leaving your estate agency. I'm not talking about falling through because if it falls through, it tends to come back on the market with you and stay in the funnel. Okay, this is just. It leaves because it exchanges or it leaves because of because it withdraws. Okay, you got that. This is these two here. Yeah. So what's happened is this. For, for every property that Romans have put onto the market, uh, sorry, for every property that has left Romans books in the last 12 months, they've exchanged on 67.4% of those properties. The other 326 because you have the two up there 100%, been withdrawn prospect 80 yep. percent duncan yardley 76 percent sears 69 surely your duncan yardley need to be saying when they're up against romans that you have a gr- much greater chance of actually getting the property sold
0: oh i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure they would i mean of course uh and prospects would be in the same boat uh they're, they're going to point to the statistics that that tell their tell their journey. Perverse to that, though, I'd also be honest enough to say that if your withdrawn rate is too low, then you're probably not managing your stock correctly. So perversely, I don't think nor a very low withdrawn number is, is a, unless your sales percentage is incredibly high. But I, 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 I think those numbers for all those agents, Romans included, are, are pretty good. You know, 30% of people traditionally change their mind. There's not a lot Romans or anyone can do about that. Um, you know, so so there's some pretty good. You know, the, the market there is pretty good. You know, they're pretty active. But again, you've got four real guys going at it, hammer and tong, fighting that market out. It's a big market. You can do the math. I think you'll find it's about six million quid worth of commission. But the rest don't. They just don't figure. They just how, want... ma-
1: how many of these are Bracknell based agents?
0: Uh, well, Chancellors are. Avocado obviously have a Bracknell man or woman, um, Hatton Home, but to be fair to them, they're brand new and they're a very good firm. They've only been in Bracknell a few few, few, few short months, so that doesn't really matter. Hart are in Bracknell, Keith Gibbs are in Binfield, which is part of Bracknell, Bloor Homes is a new home site. So, um, and Strike, we all know who they are. Um, okay. And Knight Franks aren't in Bracknell, uh, they'll be covering that from sort of Ascot direction, I would imagine
1: interesting the graph at the bottom is quite nice this is what you are now in terms of average listing price and volume of instructions and just see where the different balls go depending on this the last 12 months the 12 months my god that's the most complicated graph i've ever seen in my life okay just you just have to trust me on that one but basically the move you know so look at sears last year they put a lot more properties on the market so sears have actually dropped in in terms of listings by 25.8 percent purple bricks 37 uh, prospect minus four but you know Duncan Yardley up by 16.3 you know th- these are pretty decent numbers actually when you let's just see what Romans have done. Romans only up by 2.71 uh, prospect uh, minus four uh, percent Sears um, down 25 there's a were Sears obviously a little bit higher than were they were they up a bit more at the pecking order looks like Duncan Yardley's giving them a run for their money yeah
0: uh- Yes, I mean obviously uh, Hart, uh, Chancellors—they're both Bracknell agents. So that's quite quite encouraging from their perspective. David Cliff—the numbers are irrelevant because he's a Woking agent and a very good one, and he commands a very good market share there. So one or two, one or two properties wouldn't change his growth significantly. But um, yeah, as I said, I think I mean, look, I've got to be a little bit—I've got—I've got to declare here. My son works for Duncan Yardley, and I I, I coach and mentor their business, so um, they're close to my heart. But hopefully, you can see from those graphs that it's working um but uh they're a good business uh but you know in breckney you've got three or four very good businesses the stats look great they all make good money they fight hammer and tong good luck to them uh you know one month it'll be one on top next month it'll be another on top uh some really good agency going on there and they they, they are not well certainly i can speak Duncan um they are not behind last year in any measurement uh, sorry in terms of financial performance
1: yes Right, um, are you ready for the next screen? Okay, right then. Okay, and- um, uh, annoy- I've got six minutes, you?
0: Chris, just so you know, I've got six
1: minutes. You've got six minutes, right. Hold on a second. Six minutes. All right. well, you're gonna, you're gonna be late for this one because you're gonna love this. And boys and girls, uh, we just picked this. I just, before we switched on, we actually, we, I said, where where do you want to go? It was between here and Wokingham. Right, here we go, okay. This particular, so this particular one, this particular one here, original listing price over overvalued. That's the difference between what 20EA thought the property was worth, which is almost like a, a foul-pal figure, versus what it came on the market. So everyone is slightly overvaluing here, which is not a problem, okay? Because again, that's been the market for the last twelve months. Then the price achieved, basically, the price achieved is from uh, what you what it came on the market for versus for what you actually sold it, okay? So therefore, Romans. Now you could say, "Well, that's all percentages. That's all voodoo magic." Let's cut. Let's cut to the chase. If everyone put a house on the market at four hundred fifty thousand pounds, what would these agents actually sell it for? Okay, if the house is worth four fifty, what would they sell it for? Here we go. Romans would sell it for four five five. Prospect four six two. Duncan Yardley four six four. Sears four five seven. According to twenty EA. So all those four agents go up against each other. And this is a statistics which show that basically Duncan Yerdley will get if they, if Duncan Yardley were up against Romans, Duncan Yardley could turn around and say, I'll get you nine grand more and here's your proof. Pretty impressive. Yes, could. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. But it does assume that the 20EA valuation of the property is correct in the first place. OK, um, but then uh, if
1: but if they're basing it all the AVMs. On all the same properties it's a pretty much level playing field again i'm not i'm not trying to sell you this mate i'm just trying to say this is this is what they say now how you've got to be i must stress to you any agent looking at this
0: it all it also says heart would get five hundred forty-one thousand for it which is just alarm bells to me because that that's excuse my french bollocks um okay so, so there's obviously some anomalies in there but it's going to look, be some anomalies. Okay. The fact of the matter is, it does give an indication of where agents are valuing to win the instruction versus valuing to help you move. It does give you that clarity. It also gives you some insight into the likely cost of cheap fee versus, because I know who's the most expensive agent in Bracknell is, and I know that their fee might look expensive on paper, but, but the end result for the client
1: will be much better off. And there you go. That's that, that, that such information can help you get higher fees, which at the end of the day is what coming back to what you said, Ian, is important, is that if you've got a smaller pie, you need to either get a bigger slice of it or actually put more cream on it.
0: Yeah, you've, I mean you it's really, really simple, guys. I think fewer people will lose a chance of grow your market share. Oh, sorry. And I don't think the number of agents you're going to compete with will change until the last half of this year. Then I think it will start to reduce. Um But but you can't rely on that. So you are grow your share of the movers and the renters, uh, the landlords, or you have to charge more for the privilege. My personal view would be to try a bit of both. Grab a bit of market share, charge a little bit more, and maybe find some ancillary products that you can charge for, like launch packs, EPCs, do a bit of add-on. Um, and those agents that are good with great listers, they can charge more, they can convert at higher rates, they can get them on at the right price, they can thrive, they can move forward with good training, good mentoring, good systems and processes and good morals i mean just good
1: simple moral conduct um changes everything ian thank you for your time today boys and girls that have been watching this i hope you can see why i said at the top of the show that ian is extremely insightful there's not many people i look up into this and look up to in this industry but ian white is definitely one of them absolutely spot on guy and with such insight i'm going to smoke up your ass mate you can mind me a pipe next time i see (laughs) you um You've been very insightful. We look forward to seeing you back probably in a four or five weeks' time, if you don't mind, Ian, with with some more of your dry in, insight. Um, no bullshit, as you say. Thank you for watching this. If anyone wants the slides from this show, there's a link in the YouTube link. I ask that they are not shared on social media, they just for your personal benefit. Ian, thank you for your time today. And finally, thank for you Chris, you watching. Thank you.
0: Good luck to all the agents out there. Thank you. Bye, Christopher we